to the Ascended Life Podcast. I am Chris Hardman. I'm here with Michael. Michael. Yep, I'm here too. <laughs> how's it going? I hope everyone's had a good week. Uh, how's your week been, Micah? Uh, it's been good. Last week was a good week. I was way more consistent with working out. And yeah, overall, just a good week. Awesome, good. Um, this week we were talking about fat loss. A lot of people are trying to lose fat to start the new year, and we've gotten some questions about it, so we figured we would just do uh, an episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it's, that. Yeah, it's a good topic, so, I mean, for any time. A lot of people want to lose fat, and it's very easy to get fat, unfortunately, in our world, because basically any food you're eating, unless you're really trying not to, is going to make you fat. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, like any mainstream food is going to be worse than just like the typical uh like whole foods that you eat but then just like the the culture today is basically if you're hungry you eat and then you eat way past your full and you eat when you're bored and you eat when you watch tv and you eat wherever you go yeah lots of eating lots of eating bad food um lots of eating well, lots of eating bad food, but also lots of not moving. Mm. People are just sitting all day at their office, sitting all night at home, watching TV, like you said. So no moving, bad food, and it means we have a lot of overweight people. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you know, off the top of your head, the percentage of overweight people in the United States? Uh, not off the top of my head. I want to say it's probably uh like around 50 or 60 okay so i just pulled it up this is from 2016 so it may have changed a little bit since then but it says 39 percent adults over the age of 18 are overweight oh wow that's way lower than i thought it was yeah me too actually um 39 percent of men 40 percent of women and 13% of the world's population uh, was obese. So this actually is for the world. This is not the country. That's probably oh. that's probably why the, the numbers <laughs> yeah. seem low. Okay. I'm yeah. like, this this seems low. I swear I've seen <laughs> yeah. higher numbers. That's what I was... I thought... Honestly, I feel like I just saw something like a couple of weeks ago that was higher, but... Um, uh. So this is saying one-third of all adults in the United States are obese. Two-thirds of adults in the United States are overweight. Okay. So there you go. What is that's, this? It's like 66%. Yeah, yeah, so that's a higher percentage. So it's a problem. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. When two-thirds of the, two out of every three people that you run into is considered overweight, I think we can say that's a problem. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think, I mean, you can argue that uh, 
like as far as BMI or whatever, that there are discrepancies or it's not accurate or, or anything. But I think generally just looking around at the people that you see every day, it's not, uh, there aren't that many discrepancies. Right. You can just go to your local Walmart and see for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Not that I'm hating on people who go to Walmart, even <laughs> though I do hate Walmart. <laughs> go to any store. I don't care. Go to any store and you'll see for yourself. Yeah, yeah, any store. So I guess to start, I'm curious what you would, uh, what you think the number one thing for weight loss is, for fat loss specifically, or um, the number one cause of, of being overweight. It's tough for me to choose, uh, but it's probably the inactivity. That would be my thought, but uh, I don't know. What what do you think, or what is So inactivity is a big one. A lot of people would say um, an overconsumption of calories. <clears throat> and both of, both of those things obviously contribute big, big time to it, so... This is not to say those don't have an influence. They do. That, I mean, that's we'll get to that. But those two things are like the primary ways to lose weight is lower your calories and increase your activity. But right. the biggest cause of weight, of weight gain and fat gain, especially not being able to lose weight, is not an excess of calories, um, but it's inflammation. Okay. So... Particularly inflammation caused from vegetable oils and other toxic oils, um, which we've talked about before, but yeah, in other episodes. But those those oils kind of accumulate in your blood and um, lead to all kinds of problems. So inflammation, meaning like the inflammation of your fat cells, or just inflammation, just inflammation in the body in general. Okay. It, uh, it, the, the problem is inflammation promotes insulin resistance. And so you get higher levels of insulin accumulating in your blood. Um, and in response to that, your body uh, reduces the metabolism of stored fat and you just get, you get bigger and bigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, and you mentioned, we, we did kind of talk about some of this stuff in the earlier episodes and you should go listen to them. Uh, but a lot of it carries over, so we might cover yeah, you know, like for sure. the oils and, and foods again. So. For sure. I'm planning on getting into that a little bit more. To start, I thought we would talk about how fat loss works. So the most common thing you'll hear is, right, like, uh, uh, how, how do I want to say this? Um, a lot of people will tell you that fat converts into muscle, I've heard that one before. I've heard it converts to energy and heat. You'll hear that all the time. Um, but actually, the way you burn fat is through your breath. And most people don't know that. Have you heard that before? Uh, I have not, no. The majority, I, I mean, not all fat, but it's like a very high percentage of the fat you burn gets uh, expelled through your body, through your lungs, actually. So losing fat is basically 
um, consuming less carbon than you've exhaled because the fat ultimately gets converted to carbon in your body and then you exhale that through your lungs, which is doesn't really matter. I mean, these are just technical terms for people to understand, but you don't really need to know that to lose fat. It comes down to can you move more? Can you move more, thus burning more carbon than you're eating? Okay. Yeah. It's move more and eat less. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely. So so that's just good information to know. It doesn't really change how we lose the fat, but uh, I mean, it is important to know that no, you're not literally melting fat off your body and your the molecules that are fat do not transform into muscle. Right. And I think that's important because even though it doesn't change a lot of things, there are some things you can do with breathing exercises and stuff to help accelerate the fat loss. So it is good to know still. And we can get into some of those in a little bit. Okay. Awesome. So we got this question on Twitter. Someone said they're they're doing all the things to lose fat. They're moving more. They're eating less. And they're still having a hard time burning it off. So I thought we would go into some reasons why even if you are moving more and eating less, you still aren't able to lose fat. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So the biggest one, like I mentioned in the beginning, is inflammation. Um you there's a there's a common belief that fat cells don't go away and that's true if there's inflammation in the body but if you can get rid of inflammation you can get rid of the fat cells so your body will will take care of it but it has to be able to function without that inflammation so like we said the biggest cause of chronic inflammation are the bad oils which we've talked about in a previous episode, but do you want to bring some of those up? Yeah. So uh, those are like the polyunsaturated fatty acids. And there are good polyunsaturated fatty acids, but the main ones that we're talking about here are like canola oil, vegetable oil, uh, like sunflower oils, um, stuff like that. That's It's extremely processed and... Uh, it's not something that is easily attained, like uh, like animal fat and stuff like that. It's stuff that it, it easily comes, but getting these vegetable oils is actually, it's a big process. Yeah, and I've talked about this before where your body doesn't really know what to do with the vegetable oils, the highly processed stuff, because it's not natural. And so those vegetable oils can stay in your body for at least 17 days, just causing inflammation while your body tries to figure out how to get rid of them, Yeah, which is a long time. You don't want inflammation. So having something <laughs> in your body for 17 days, just causing inflammation is not good, not just for weight loss, but for all of your overall health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just having anything in your body that isn't a natural thing your body doesn't really know how to process it or what to do with it it's kind of a red flag and the biggest problem is just that it's so common now it's you find vegetable oil or canola oil in almost every ingredient list that you will pick up from the store they're everywhere 
It's literally in everything. Yeah, and it's just because it's so cheap, which, uh, like, I understand, you know, it's cheap, it's easy to use or whatever, but it's not good for you. And so just the fact that it is everywhere does make it really hard. Yeah, it does. Um, And like you said, it's literally in everything. If you start paying attention to the packaging of the food that you're buying from the grocery store, that oil is in every single thing. You have to really try not to have it. But that's one of the number one things you can do to uh, accelerate your fat loss and lose weight is replace those oils, the oils like canola oil, safflower, sunflower, peanut, and replace them with good alternatives like coconut oil, olive oil, if you're not cooking at a high temperature, uh, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil are great, and then the animal fats like butter and, and lard are really good. So that's one of the biggest things you can do to get rid of your uh, fat and lose weight. Yeah, and like they're everywhere out in the world like if you go to any fast food restaurant or you're buying junk from the store or or whatever it is so the easiest way to try and cut back on that is just to replace it in your own home don't buy jugs of vegetable oil for cooking buy other oils and use other things when you're cooking your food and uh i mean as long as you're not eating out every meal that will make a huge difference yeah, for sure. And a lot of people will tell you that uh, sugar is the, the number one cause of inflammation. You need to get rid of sugar, but these oils are way worse. It's not even close. So another cause of inflammation that's not addressed very often that could be preventing you from losing weight is stress, just chronic stress. Uh, any kind of stress is going to cause inflammation in your body. But it's pretty easy to take care of. Do you have any ways that you manage stress yourself? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could guess. Uh, I go running, first of all. That's like my main thing. If I am on a run, it just dissipates in my mind any stress I have. Uh, but then, you know, there's lots of other stuff like uh, reading spending time with my wife, uh, we go on walks and, uh, we play board games, just, you know, kind of having some leisure time, I guess, uh, really helps out with that. Do you do do anything for stress? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I like to do some more relaxing exercise, like walking and stretching, uh, other things that are really good for getting rid of stress, especially the stress that causes inflammation. If you're if you have inflammation due to stress, these kinds of things will get rid of it very very quickly. It's things like uh, breathing exercises, yoga, meditation, getting good sleep. That's that's one of the biggest things you can do is just get a good like eight hours of sleep every night and make sure you're not waking up throughout the night Um, you will be way less stressed if you're sleeping enough yep i liked uh, ben greenfield on one of his podcasts said something like you should be able to get dropped 
in the middle of a desert or in the middle of nowhere and be able to reduce your stress and control your stress levels just without any outside help, meaning the breathing exercises, the meditation, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, because most people have no idea how to control stress and maybe we should do a whole episode on that, but yeah, that would be a really good topic, but you need to learn how to do it without, uh, drugs or without, you know, outside influences that are, that are uh, helping you do that. You can do it on your own for free. If if your only way to de-stress is to, you know, smoke weed or, or something like that, then you, you really should figure out some of these tools that we have inside of us like the breathing and stretching and stuff like that because they seriously make a difference and not only that they're good for you stretching is just good for you besides the the de-stressing it's good for your body yeah it's true and aside from just weight loss getting rid of stress will be uh, very beneficial for all kinds of reasons right yeah so the next thing after inflammation, uh, if you if you get your inflammation worked out, the next thing you'll want to pay attention to in regards to fat loss would be glycemic variability. Uh, and this is just basically the levels of your blood glucose and how that changes throughout the day. Okay. Which is sugar. We're talking about sugar. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that's... Like the the variability is largely dependent on your diet, right? Right. Or, yeah. No, your diet will play play a huge part of of this particular um, area, I guess. So well, we can talk about that. Uh, one of the best things you can do in regards to your glycemic variability, and this relates to your diet, is intermittent fasting. I know you've talked about uh, trying that out before. Have you done it yet? Uh, I haven't really. I've um, done like fasted runs before. Okay. Uh, where I just wait to eat until after I've gone running. Yeah. But I haven't done like a strict intermittent fasting hmm. period. So for those who don't know, intermittent fasting is just fasting for a certain amount of time every day. And having a, a specified eating window, it's usually for most people like uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. or something like that, like an eight-hour an eight-hour eating window, and then you don't eat anything um, outside of that, and you just do that every day. So that's what intermittent fasting is. Yeah, and it helps a ton with glycemic variability and keeping your uh, blood glucose stable. Which is why so many people, when they're doing it, see big results in terms of weight loss and fat loss. Yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, part of it is also just the if you're eating less during the day, you're going to have fewer calories. But uh, I think in the end, that does contribute to that as well to the to improving your the variability. Yeah, and it's funny you should say the the part about how you've done fasted runs because there's a lot of research that shows doing some fasted cardio before you eat breakfast helps a ton with uh, blood sugar as well. 
So uh, that could be a run, that could be a bike ride, that could even just be a walk. Yeah. But doing some kind of uh, cardio exercise while you're in the fasted state before you eat will also be a huge benefit to losing weight. Yeah. And obviously, be careful. Don't go out and run 30 miles if you haven't eaten anything. Like, you won't, that, that won't go well. But, like, uh, being active in a fasted state will help you uh, burn some extra calories and, and it, it will help you uh, with that, that fat loss. So another thing you can do to help your glycemic variability is strength training. They say uh, strength training decreases blood glucose levels, increases insulin sensitivity, and uh, even if you're lifting weights that are only 30% of your single rep max, you'll get those benefits. So it's, it's pretty beneficial to go to the gym at least a few times a week and lift some heavy things. Yeah. Wow. Another yeah. option. Oh, did you have something? Well, uh, just as far as the lifting weights goes, um, it's just helpful because when you're losing weight, uh, it's if you're not exercising as well, it's easy to, to lose muscle along with the fat. And so it, it is also just an important reason to go and lift weights is that you're not losing everything uh, you'll still have some muscle. Good point. Good call. So another option for controlling your glycemic variability is walks after you eat. Um, within 30 minutes of eating, I would say go for a 30-minute walk. Uh, it doesn't have to be like fast or anything, just a casual walk, and you'll see a, another huge benefit for your weight loss but this kind of just goes back to just moving in general like you want to move as much as you can right right just being active i'm just trying to read my note about this one so uh easy walking for 30 minutes after a meal kept the constant concentration of fat in the blood 18 percent lower than sitting or standing after a meal wow. so it does it really does help control your your blood sugar um and that talked about standing after a meal. That's another thing you can do throughout the day is just stand. Right. Even standing is a step up from sitting as far as weight loss goes. It's good for you to be standing. Right. One study found that uh, those who stood for 180 minutes after lunch in an office instead of sitting for that same amount of time reduced their blood sugar spikes by 43%. So that's an, wow. again, that's another pretty big uh, yeah. benefit you get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's huge. So we've talked about insula or uh, inflammation. We've talked about blood glucose. Um, stress is a huge one, but we talked about that in inflammation, sleep deprivation. Um. Uh, so only about 35% of Americans get the recommended sleep every night, uh, which is seven to nine hours. So every, what is that? 60, 65% are getting less than seven hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Um, which well, is actually pretty close to the same number of people who are overweight. 
Yeah, that's true. Interestingly that's, enough. It is funny how that's linked. And I actually saw uh, one study that was trying to link that. And uh, they actually said, let's see, uh, poor sleep is linked to an 89% increased risk of obesity in children and 55% in adults. Uh, so just get, not getting enough sleep increases your risk of obesity by, you know, if you're an adult, 55%. That's that's a, a pretty big number. Yeah. So sleep is seriously important. Yeah, that's huge. Um, a couple other things that might be blocking your fat loss would be not moving enough. We've talked about uh, moving throughout the day, low-level activity. I think we talked about that in our last episode. Is that right? Uh, it may have been two episodes ago, but have you done anything yeah. since we talked about it to... Uh, introduce some low-level activity into your day? Um, I mean, we try and go on walks uh, every day and um, just picking up the house, trying to keep it cleaner. So, I mean, we're walking around the house all day, putting stuff away. Uh, actually, I think walks are, are a huge thing, by the way. Uh, my Both my parents, actually, this last year, uh, they go on one or two walks a day. It just depends on the day. But they'll walk between like one and three miles every day. And they lost like 30 pounds last year each. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, seriously, the just low-level activity, just including some easier uh, activity in your day will have a huge effect on fat loss. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, ben Greenfield actually is so into this idea that if he goes on road trips or something, every hour he'll pull over and do like 100 jumping jacks. Oh, wow. Uh, and he says even at, at restaurants, if it's a long dinner, he'll go into the bathroom and do like some air squats and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> he takes it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but beside walking, like if you're working and you, you can't leave to go walk, you can still get up and do some jumping jacks or do some air squats or have a kettlebell by your desk and do a couple kettlebell swings or, you know, even just like five burpees every hour is going to be huge. And you can stand. Just stand as much as you can. Yeah. Get a um, standing desk so you're not sitting all day. Um, my When I was in high school, my coach... Uh, he said that he was telling us that the in your lower legs it i'm not sure exactly and forgive me i don't know the exact terms or anything but your lower legs really help to pump the blood back to your heart and so he said if you are like starting to get foggy or having a hard time thinking and stuff, if you just do some calf raises, it will help to pump that blood and get it back up to your heart and just get your blood moving. And so even if you can just stand up and do some calf raises, uh, that will help you. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love calf raises. Um, another thing that could be stopping your fat loss is too much exercise. A lot of people don't think of that because like we just said in the beginning you want to move more and eat less so people think well if i'm moving more and more and more i'm going to lose more fat but 
if you overexercise, you're actually going to be in a state of chronic inflammation and stress. And like we said, that those prevent you from burning fat. So that's one of the big roadblocks people run into is they think they need to be moving more. And so they start, you know, exercising twice a day, um, like intense exercises twice a day. And they don't lose any fat, but it's because they're putting too much stress on the body. Right. And again, if you go back, we talked about rest days. That's just another reason having rest days uh, is so important. It's important to get your rest and to recover from your workouts. Yeah, take days off. It's fine. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose progress taking a day or two off every week to recover. Yeah. In fact, and you'll get more progress if you do. Yeah, you will. And I actually, I don't know. There are a lot of people who have differing beliefs on this, but I think the same goes with diet and what you're eating. Uh, I think cheat meals are okay. Having something that you like to eat every once in a while is just a way to kind of uh, rejuvenate yourself and, you know, keep your morale up instead of just forcing yourself to eat stuff you don't like every day or, or even if you're not doing that, just cutting out everything that you like. Uh, yeah. Having a cheat meal is fine, I think. The real trick is having a cheat meal once in a while. Right. It's hard sometimes. Some people, like me, my personality is the kind that if I have a cheat meal, it is probably over for me. <laughs> I'm going to have a cheat meal and then I'm going to have a cheat dessert and then I'm going to have another cheat meal. <laughs> <laughs> Then it's All like right. a week later and I'm like, oh, I have had only only cheat meals for the last week. <laughs> okay. So, but I agree. I mean, most people having a cheat meal once a week or something is really good. Just, I'm, I'm just warning, don't let it get out of control. Right, right. You have to be careful. It's just, honestly. Be disciplined. Honestly, it's the same for rest days. Don't let your one rest day turn into a rest week. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. They're, they're kind of similar, but. Uh, I can see how a cheat meal is easier to fall into just bad eating habits than than taking a rest day. Yeah. So kind of connected to that one, uh, too much exercise is another one that people can run into pretty easily without um, thinking about it is chronic cardio. Doing like marathon training where you're running a lot and I know some of these training programs have changed now where there is more like sprints and that kind of stuff. But especially some of the older classic uh, programs people used to do for stuff like marathons where they're running five miles every day, uh, 10 miles every day, that kind of thing. That It's the same thing as the as working out too much. It's just you're in a constant state of stress. And you actually, if you're not working out of the gym, lose muscle mass, which is one of the most important things for burning fat is, is muscle mass. So uh, that's another roadblock people run into. I know you're a big runner, so I'm not trying to hate yeah. on running. No, no, no. I, I agree. There's running is like, it's almost like a double-edged sword because it definitely can lead to fat loss and help people lose weight. But at the same time, if you look at a lot of classic marathon training plans, They'll, uh, and I think a big part of it's the nu nutrition, but so they'll tell you to, you know, carbo load and stuff like that before the race. 
and they will tell you in the marathon training plan if you're doing it right that a few days before the race your weight will go up and that you shouldn't be worried about that but Hmm. it's just because you know they're telling you to be eating all these carbs to kind of get the glycogen stores up for your running and so i think it's a big problem with just uh the way that we've trained ourselves to only rely on the glycogen stores and not uh, rely on our fat for energy yeah but it's a diet issue as well as an exercise issue yeah yeah it's kind of both and so uh like I, i totally agree uh go running to lose weight but if you're not careful it can help you it can not help you it'll be it could have an adverse effect on that right and i'm not saying cardio is bad for you in in your fat loss uh goals but i would suggest if your goal is fat loss that you try some high interval intensity training instead um sprints that kind of thing where and in fact they've done studies where they have one group do the steady cardio for an hour or whatever and the other group does the hit training which takes usually 30 minutes or less and the group that was doing the hit training lost more body fat um lost more weight had higher muscle mass better endurance in the end and so i would suggest just doing some hit training um more than you're doing just the chronic steady state cardio yeah if your goal is to lose weight and i think also uh even if you're not doing hit training i think just having high intensity but low uh duration exercise is good just and i think that's one of the main reasons hit training is so good is because they're usually shorter workouts but you're working hard throughout the whole thing and so so i think that carries over to going to the gym you don't have to go to the gym and spend three hours there you can go to the gym and work hard for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or something and it'll have a good effect on you just making sure that you're doing high intensity and and that's the key to it yep perfect perfect uh description okay so i only have one more uh tip for burning fat do you have anything you want to cover um yeah i've got a couple okay hit me okay uh and you'll like this one eggs for breakfast i think uh just getting the right if you're not intermittent fasting i guess getting the right breakfast is really important and there were actually studies that where they had one group eat eggs for breakfast and then another group had uh, a grain breakfast i think they usually did bagels but they tried to keep it like the same weight or something uh but the group the the study showed that the people eating eggs for breakfast um it reduced their short-term food intake and then also produced like a greater feeling of satiety and stuff so they weren't as hungry throughout the day throughout the whole day uh they just felt more full than the group that were eating grains and bagels and stuff yeah that's great big fan of eggs you won't yeah. hear me <laughs> you won't hear me complain about that <laughs> yeah 
they're good for you. So what's your thing? Uh, my last one is cold exposure. Okay. So cold exposure uh, will take bad fat, which is white fat, uh, is what it's commonly referred to, and convert it to brown fat, which is good. And uh, so that whole process can speed up fat loss quite a bit. Um, so I would just recommend doing the cold showers every day. Seems like cold exposure comes up a lot in our podcast, but that's because yeah. it's good for so many different things. Yep. Yeah, it has a lot of benefits. Uh, that's probably why it's so freaking hard. Cold exposure especially is good for getting rid of belly fat specifically. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will lose a lot of weight, but they have a hard time with the belly fat in the end. Cold exposure can help with that quite a bit. Hmm. I did not know that. That's cool. Um, uh, one of the other things I had is just to eat more protein in general. Uh, the eating protein produces a higher level of certain hormones that uh, give you a feeling of being full, and it actually reduces hormones that make you feel hungry, uh, as well as the fact that it just boosts metabolism. And so just making sure you're getting a good amount of protein in your diet uh, will help you to eat less. And uh, so you'll you'll be able to lose weight that way. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just more protein in general throughout the day. So, I mean, like most things, I think in the end, it just comes down to being balanced and... Uh, just watching what you're eating, like what whatever diet you choose, it's not really that important as long as you're being balanced and you can be consistent with it. Yeah. So, so like there was that uh, you listened to it, the podcast uh, on Joe Rogan. He had the creator, the founder of Spartan, and he said that he helped a guy lose like 300 pounds uh, because he put him on like a veggies only diet, I think. And he made him hike like 10 miles a day. Yeah. And so he lost like 300 pounds super quick. But then, you know, eight months later, he found out he had gained back like 150 pounds. And it's because that's not really something that's sustainable. Just eating raw vegetables every day and hiking for 10 miles a day. It's not something that's sustainable and not something you can really be consistent with. Yeah. So yeah, that's just a good point. Choose yeah. something that you can be consistent with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I will leave people with something that comes from Ben Greenfield's book. It's his book called Boundless, which is a great book for anything health related. So check it out. But he has a little thing in there called he calls Strike, Stroll, and Shiver. And he says, do this every morning. This is the biggest fat loss tool that he has. And the strike is don't eat like a hunger strike. So be fasted. Um, While you're fasted, you stroll. He goes for a walk. And I would suggest going for a walk for a couple reasons. Because you get outside and you really need that morning sunlight. 
for a lot yeah. of different health benefits. So I would say go for a walk, but you could also do um, yoga. You could ride your bike, just something light, some light um, exercise. Try and do it outside if you can. And then the last one is shiver after you're, after you're done with your light exercise jump into the cold shower or ice bath and get some cold exposure. So strike, stroll, shiver from Ben Greenfield. I think that's a great way to uh, lose some fat quickly. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds Anything good. you want to leave us with? Um, I think uh, just to remember that you don't need to kill yourself to lose weight. Uh, it's important to be healthy and to lose weight, but it doesn't happen overnight. And so, yeah, be patient like, with yourself. Yeah, just like it takes a long time to gain the weight, uh, it takes a long time to lose it. And so, uh, yeah, exactly. Be patient with yourself. Yep, you'll get there. Just be yep. consistent, stick to your habits, and over time you will win as it is in most areas of life, if you're consistent. That's right. Consistency is the biggest thing. That's how you win. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I guess we should tell tell everyone where to find us. You can find me on Twitter, C-H-Hardman, H-A-R-D-M-A-N, Micah. Yeah, I'm on there as Running Micah, so... And there's some cool things happening there now because everybody's been banned. So we're forced to try new channels of communication. But both of us are still on Twitter. You're still on Twitter, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm not controversial enough to get kicked off. So I probably will be kicked off at some point. So <laughs> follow Micah for sure. He'll stay on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be there I don't know how long I'll be on there, but if you go to my Twitter, you'll find links to different Telegram options and and alternatives to keep in touch but twitter's the primary one still so i'll see you there yeah thanks for listening okay see you guys bye